Good morning, comrades. You are listening to WHIVLP New Orleans 102.3. This is your, I think we might have missed it. Oh, hold on one second. I'm try it again. Comrades, you are listening to WHIVLP New Orleans 102.3. This is your daily good morning, comrade. Today okay. on the show, we have Jeff and Robert uh, holding it down. What is going on, Robert? Um, not much, just uh, working, playing the darn video games. Yeah, um, get me on lately. Uh, I'm still playing Elite Dangerous, <laughs> uh, so I'll be playing that till I die. Mm-hmm. But I, I think we're gonna start a um, I've had Metal Gear, uh, Revengeance, Rising, whatever the platinum game with um, Raiden on my mind. So I think we're gonna do a stream of that pretty okay. soon. Um, see, I went and saw my mom in Cincinnati. I went to the Slavery Museum, which rocks. Um, the slavery Museum. Yeah, it's called the uh, National Underground Railroad Museum because mm-hmm. it's it's very uh, it's significant where it's at. It's on the the banks of the Ohio River. Um, because the idea was uh, if you were a runaway slave and you could make it across the river to Cincinnati, you were free. Um, Cincinnati was the line. Yeah, the Ohio River was the line, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was until the Slave uh, the slave Act, and then that, which allowed slaves. Slave yeah, Fugitive Slave Act, which allowed slave catchers to go up north. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron and I went in there. She was very, like, she was, like, uh, she was kind of torn on it on the museum because she thought she expected to be uh, challenged a lot more than she was. And I took, well, just, she's like, I didn't really feel, she says that I'm trying to paraphrase what she said, but she's, she's like, I feel like this doesn't push people enough to be like, Hey, um, white supremacy is really bad, you know, and here's why. And they they do. Go ahead. They didn't teach enough critical race theory at the uh, at the museum. Honestly, yeah. And I had to. I I kind of had to let her remind her that I understand exactly what she's saying, and she's actually she's right. Mm -hmm. Um, but the problem is, it's at it's it's a museum in Cincinnati, Ohio, which is kind of the Constantinople, um of the United States. It's a place where like liberals and leftists and conservatives and neo-confederates like actively clash uh, sometimes ideologically most of the time. And then sometimes violently, like the city's had multiple race riots. Uh, the police are kind of a gold standard of, of policing now of community policing when they used to be just savage animals before um, because of the riots. That's, Usually, how it works when people say, "You know how we feel about a good morning comrade." People say, "Why? Well, why do they burn down their own neighborhoods?" Well, one, do you want them to come burn down your neighborhood? Like, are you trying to make a suggestion? Two, uh, it gets results. Burning stuff gets the goods. I wish it didn't. It'd be great if it didn't, but it does. 
So it made, you know, Cincinnati police uh, change the way they police. They're kind of a model for the United States now. I'm sure there's still a ton of bad ones, but it wasn't as bad as before. But the people in Cincinnati, um, like I said, a lot of people, not everyone, but they they cried and they moaned about, you know, they're, why are they putting this museum on the riverfront? I remember I lived there when it was going in and they're just like, oh, I shouldn't be here. Like, shut up, shut up, shut up. So the museum itself has to kind of, I don't want to say downplay, but they've kind of got to make it so it doesn't beat people up when they go in there. But right. otherwise they won't go in there. But here's right. the thing. Here's the thing why Aaron is right. This is why I said Aaron is right. Average Andy, who's going to the Bengals slash Reds game, they're not stopping by the Underground, underground Railroad uh, Museum Freedom Center anyway. So this is one of those liberal things. This is this is a bigger thing of why liberals like get everything wrong, because it, instead of just saying this is, you know, like we're leftist, slavery's bad. This is how it is. They try to appease too many people, people who are never going to go along with what with with their worldview anyway, and it ends up watering down society. And it ends up like making a situation that nobody's happy with. Another good, uh, a great example of that. Go ahead. You, you, like, yes, I'm sorry. you mean by starting by the, using like appeasing your greatest enemy as your absolutely. starting point yeah, is an effective strategy? It's the worst. It's uh, yeah, absolutely. It sucks. Uh, a great example of this is so by the the Red Stadium now, like the block um, where Great American Ballpark is, where the Reds play. Uh, because you want people to be outside, you want businesses, you know, because of COVID, you want businesses to flourish. You want to, you want to be a world-class city, but you're in Midwestern Ohio. So you're stuck with these like puritanical, you know, weird open container laws, which are straight up weird. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we live in new Orleans where it's just like, get a drink. Like you want a drink, go get one. You know, there's, there's, Multiple bars here that open 24 hours. If, if, if you, you like your drink, you can keep it. Yeah, if you like your drink, you can keep it. You you didn't make that drink. Bartender made that drink. <laughs> um, but uh, so what they've done is they have the Dora, which is the designated outdoor refreshment area. And it literally says this on the cup. It's the most nanny state, yeah. like 1984 nonsense. You may only drink your drink within. It literally says it on the cup. You have to have it in a approved Dora cup, and you oh and you can God. only take it in the designated Dora area, which it literally has a map on the cup and has the rules of drinking this <laughs> this Bud Light on you. Like you have to look through. You have to like read a manifesto. You have to read. You know all this red tape to allow you to drink your Budweiser on the street. It's, oh, no. it's like, what is this? This is dumb. This is, so just let authoritarianism right there. That's exactly. Like I posted, I, I posted people on my, on my personal Facebook. Maybe I'll put it on Twitter too, but I was like, people, good people of Cincinnati. I was like, you, you sit here worrying about socialism taking over, but you let this go on. You let this nanny statism like, no, this is this is absurd, but it's one of those things where you try to you try to make everybody happy, and it ends up making nobody happy, and it's just a big stupid mess. Yeah. Um, oh, miserable. You know, my my thing is, if I was it's emperor, if I was the future that liberals want, absolutely. If I was emperor Cincinnati, I would say, uh, well, here's the deal: everybody can drink what on the street, Turn just up. like in New Orleans, no no bottles. 
um, cans and cups. Uh, here's the deal. You can, and there's no open container laws anymore. But here's the deal. We catch you littering. It's $300 fine off the top. Cool. That's what we're doing. I'm here for it. Don't I'll play with it. me. Yeah. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to treat this city like, like an armpit. No, don't, like don't play. With me. Yeah. Don't, don't play with me. Um, but now that I've bitched about Cincinnati enough, I have to say that the things that the slavery museum did right, the underground, uh, the national underground road museum is that one, it really gives you a good sense of not just how bad slavery was, like how bad the middle passage is. Mm-hmm. Um, they have artifacts from, uh, you know, those times, which are like some of the stuff you can touch and it's disgusting mm-hmm. to touch uh, in the, in the, the, one of the videos, which is like, Hey, um, yeah, slavery's over, but, uh, things are still really bad. Y'all like people still have to struggle. They talked a lot like organized labor. Um, they talked about like the Irish, you know, um, which was pretty cool. And they also have, um, they, they do that. Like they have a whole room where you can take that, uh, implicit bias test, which is, which is neat. Uh, I have an I have a moderate, no, it was slight. It was slight implicit bias towards people of color, and then so did my wife, who's blonde and white. A slight bias towards people of color. Um, she's one of the good ones. Yeah, there was some guy, the guy who's like in there who like curates it or whatever. He was he was a weirdo. Uh-huh. Uh, he was like a weird liberal. He was fine. I talked to him for a while, but he had to like talk these one ladies down because they were just like the test was just like, oh, you're in the clan. <laughs> it's like oh obviously you're in the plan yeah, you had to like talk them down because they were like they were kind of hot um but the best part of it they have a corner for um because i would love to talk to the people who curate this thing because you could tell like as it's like as milk toast it's not milk toast but you could tell this parts that are toned down mm-hmm. but you could tell the parts that like people you know they like fought for be like no this is this is the hill I'm going to die on. And one of it is one of the hills, like where some people died on, there's like a John Brown corner where oh, it's like, yeah. it's just like a couple of his pictures that like a plaque, a placard about him. And it said stuff like um, Harriet Tubman gave him money, which I didn't know. She funded him. And then she also, he also said um, Frederick Douglass thought his, uh, his plan was, um, his plan was uh, interesting, but also insane. Um, what John Brown's plan? Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. He had. I mean, uh, no win. There's no. There's no way to get a dub out of that. But here's the deal. So they've got his corner, where it's like the you know a couple of pictures and stuff around him, stuff about him, and um, and then the audio. Like when you step in that little corner, the audio just plays John Brown's body is is moldy in the grave over nice. and over again. And I was like, you know, somebody fought for that. Mm-hmm. Somebody like was like, no, this is the hill we die on. Like, this will be here. And- you know, um, what's really interesting about John Brown, and this is something that, because um, I know that uh, we, we had Matt Christman on the show a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should try and get him to come back and talk a little bit about your construction because he mm-hmm. went and he read a lot of uh, stuff on that. But he, he, he specifically focused in on John Brown himself. Uh, sort of had a fascination with him. And like one of the things that he brought up that I thought I think I agree with, um, but it sounds a little bit backwards for now, mm-hmm. is that um, one of the reasons that John Brown like did what he did and essentially like, you know, 
attempted to take over Harper's Ferry uh, was partially because he was a religious fanatic, and yeah. there was this like level of fanaticism uh, amongst that 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 religion sort of brings that does not exist right now. Definitely not on the left. Like if it exists anywhere. It's with QAnon, essentially. Like those are the radicals. Those are the religious radicals that they have right now, right? That's a great point. Cause you know, a guy to to do what he did had to believe that there was something in the by and by. Mm-hmm. Like his his physical body was just a vessel. You know, you're not gonna get you're not gonna get a dub on Earth. The only possible right. way you can get a dub is in like the afterlife. <laughs> right. But I mean, I think of you know, another person who was pulling off stuff like that was Harriet Tubman. Like, Harry, you know, Harry, the whole thing with Harriet Tubman being a spy and 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 burning down plantations and stuff. Mm-hmm. If you ever, if you ever want, didn't know anything about that, um, Chrisel from, um, oh, she does a podcast and I can't think of what it's called, but it's great. Um, but anyway, just search Drunk History Harriet Tubman. And when Drunk History was going, Chriselle does a great Drunk History with. Um, the woman, I'm I'm so bad with names. The woman who won uh, best actress for the help, and she's in Hidden Figures. Um, she was in that. She's Harriet Tubman, and so good. And so we should just we should just take the YouTube strike one day and just watch it. But um, it's Viola so Davis it's so good, right? dude. What's that? Viola Davis. Viola Davis. Yeah, it's so good because it just it felt real because Chriselle is like telling it. She's like, look, she's like. I'm Harry Tubman. She's like, y'all, I just need y'all to just do what I say. We're going to burn these people's stuff down. They can't catch us. And I can think about being a runaway slave and just being like, even if you didn't believe in like, you know, the by and by and all that, just having so much, I would hope like just having so much anger in your heart, just be like, Robert, you get a chance. I know you ran all the way to Philadelphia. You made it. Mm. We're offering you a chance to, burn down plantations i'm like <laughs> yes right. like yes i'm ready to do this and i'm prepared to die mm-hmm. like we get killed i don't even care this is great so that's a little bit different from the perspective of like like it's not necessarily like a victory or a dub in the next life but it's like an opportunity to be epic right <laughs> yeah it's an opportunity to be epic and just like you know to take out pain like and ra- you yeah. know and, you know i i I think what that drunk history does more anything where people talk about Harriet Tubman and they look at her as this, you know, she was called Moses, but they, you know, her writings and, and, and stuff she said, she couldn't write, but the stuff that was taken down that she said, we look at her as like some kind of um, almost the way that Martin Luther King gets whitewashed that she was just this like, you know, this, this little kindly old lady. lady. She kept that thing on her. Yeah. At all times. She had that thing that revolver and she knew how to use it like yeah. she and she was because the reason why she had it was it wasn't necessary to, to it wasn't necessary to kill white people or kill slavers or kill slave catchers it was if she was trying to take slaves down the underground railroad and they lost their nerve she was like you can't go back right she's like they'll beat it out of you like i'll kill you right here like she right. she wasn't playing like she said she never had to shoot but she was she had that thing she was ready to go so she wasn't like <laughs> her Tubman was violent that's what i'm trying like, to say she was a badass her, again burning down stuff gets the goods her, sorry to sorry to say folks it, it does but um especially in a video game especially in a video game or in the 
the 1800s. Right. Like, it, it definitely yeah. does. That was um, a, uh, you, you're listening to WHIVLP New Orleans 102.3. This is Good Morning Comrade, Jeff and Robert. We're talking about, um, I guess we're talking about the history of slavery and uh, Harry Tubman and the museum and, and uh, in Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, I recommend anybody to go, though. Like, you should definitely go if you're you're making a highlight. Um because one, it's it's one of those things that like most people are only going to see once, you know. And a place like that is is special. They have a um, it's a slave pen where it's an actual real. It's not a recreation. They 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 put this thing back together from they dug it up in Kentucky and they put it back together, and it's like a pen where they held slaves uh, waiting for to be sold off. Um, and also, if you're really froggy, you can like do do the Underground Railroad tour um, from the banks of the Ohio. Like you can start in Kentucky and then go to the bank of the Ohio River. Is it like there's like stops on the way? Like you would mm-hmm. like because uh, yeah, because the Quakers they took like really good right. Like they we know what houses were hiding slaves because mm-hmm. uh, the Quakers took really good notes. Um, yeah, they were writers. But yeah. Um, Harry Tubman, John Brown. It's really, yeah, it's really good stuff. Um, but yeah, but if you do go in there, like the stuff that is that you know, like leftists got in there and said, you know, we're keeping this. Labor has to be talked about. Labor unions. We're going to talk about like how, um, you know, Latin uh, migrant workers are in, you know, near slavery conditions. We're going to talk about this kind of stuff and we're going to talk about, you know, sex trafficking, um, you know, all that. You, the, the stuff that, you know, people fought to have put in there needs to be applauded mm-hmm. because you're going to need that when you see like, oh, this is the wall of freedom conductors. And it's here. It's it's Rosa Parks and. You know, people who've gotten like an award or whatever from them. And it's like Rosa Parks and uh, Nelson Mandela. And then it's the Dalai Lama and Bill Clinton and George H.W. You're just like this liberal garbage here. But you just have to let it go. (laughs) You have to like let it go and just be like, well, we got to we got to underground. We got to underground railroad museum. We don't we don't stop fighting. We fail. We get up, we fail better. So take what you can out of that and um, and run with it. Um, speaking of that, so my mom has been doing uh, a lot of Ancestry, um, like .com stuff, and I never wanted to do it. My mom's white, my dad's black, and I never wanted to do it, but she finally, like, she's like, oh, just do it, do it, do it. So I did the DNA thing. And I, I'm actually pretty impressed. Like I know Ancestry.com is like Mormons now have my DNA and all that. <laughs> but I, gotcha. I'm I'm really impressed. With database now. I know it's awful, but I am really impressed at how they handled the Middle Passage. Um, and it's also freaky, like seeing so many people that look like me and like look like my dad, like who've done the test also, and they just run right up. You know, there's like a guy in Africa and there's a guy like a like a lady in Jamaica and another person in the American Republic. And you could just see the Middle Passage, like yeah. just run right up to like South Carolina. Um, so I was impressed by it. I thought it was pretty cool. And my mom and I had like 
we had some good conversations and she actually kind of floored me with what she, the things she had to add. She, she said, just in brief, she said, um, you know, the way people look at me uh, with all this, she goes with all this and hand quotes going on now, nowadays, like it hasn't always been, it hasn't always been going on, but uh, she goes, people, I go out and, you know, I stand in line and people look at me like I'm one of these crazy white ladies. That's just gonna, you know, go fly off the handle because they don't get the right Starbucks order. And, you know, and they look at me and then they see my big diamond ring and I can see the way they look at me. She goes, I can understand now the way people look at you and they, they might think some things. And I said, you got it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I also told her, you know, I said, mom, when we sit here and we do this, we're looking at this, you know, ancestry stuff. And I say, you know, my people, and, and I'm talking about black people. Like it's, it's not disrespect to you. It's, it's really more of how white supremacy hurts everybody. So because we have white supremacy, it's, it's, it actually drives a wedge between us because I'm forced with the, the way I look, I'm forced to, you know, I, I have to say my people, I have to absorb an identity that I'm proud to have as, as a black man. I'm very proud of my identity, but uh-huh. it's not an identity that I chose. It's just an identity that people tried to spit on and, and tell me was bad, but I choose to wear it like armor. Right. Reclaiming it. Yeah. Um, so it's like, that's, that's why, you know, it's the whole thing is like, if you had a time machine, where would you go? And my first question is, do I get to be white? Uh, if right. I don't, then I'm, I'm not getting on time machine with you. Okay, not going anywhere. Yeah. I'm staying right here. This is the best it's ever been. And it still sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, we just need to give, I, I feel like this is a recurring theme. Like I'm so full of vitriol, but we also need to take a breath and, and put, you know, what do the kids say? Put uh, feet under grass, our feet on top of grass, grass, grass under feet. And we need to we need to give boomers um, a break sometimes when they're just doing their best. I'm mm-hmm. not saying I'm not saying if they're cutting up and you've corrected them, you've called them in mm-hmm. on their cutting up and they still don't want to they, they don't want to address you. They they, they don't want to address their like they're wrong. They might've misgendered somebody. They might've, you know, had implicit bias, you know, uh, towards a certain race or something. If they don't want to correct that after you've shown them, then yeah, you know, go off on them, like blow them up on social media, get them fired, whatever. But if people are just trying their best and, and for instance, they misgender somebody and you correct them and they go, oh, I'm sorry, you know, uh-huh. or, you know, so if people are just trying their best, like cut them, cut them a break. That's yeah, that's what effort to try and do better as opposed to just like instantly writing people off. Absolutely. Because there's just no there's just no reason to do that. One, you'll be fighting, you'll be fighting all your life. You'll be fighting every every 10 seconds, you know, and, and that's not good for anybody's mental health. And then two, you just come off as a come off as a butthole, man. You just come off as a butthole and you just you're you're gonna end up on one of those crazy, like, oh, this is the woke compilation, you know, this is uh, on a Steven Crowder video or something like not that you should care about that, but you know what I'm saying? Like, just, just take a breath, see where people are coming from. If they're being aggressive and dumb, call them in that. And then they don't want to change, call them out. That's all. It's, it's, it's easy, but nuance is so hard in this society. Nuances. Nobody has it. Like I have conversations with my wife all the time. Like, 
Aaron and I have conversations about stuff I would never even share on this podcast because oh, yeah. we, yeah, because we talk, with, huh? Want to share it? No, I mean, I can tell you what it's about. It's issues to do with race. It's issues to do with men and women. It's issues to do with stuff like domestic violence. And we have conversations and I'm, I'm throwing ideas at her and we throw ideas at each other and it's okay to be wrong. She'll, cause she'll correct me or I'll correct her. It's just like the conversation I have with my mom, like going back to my mom, a great, this is, she, she totally forgot about it, but this is one of the things that's like ingrained in me. Uh, I can remember she, I brought it up to her and she totally forgot about it, but we were in new Orleans once. This was when I was just a tourist here and I, I came down here and she was here. We were hanging out and we met for dinner or something. And she went to, um, she went to Franklin Avenue Baptist church for a, a black church here in new Orleans for a, for some kind of her church group was having a thing. So, uh, um, and she goes, Oh, I love it here. I love all the people here. And you notice how, like everybody's so well spoken. I was like, mom. And she's like, everybody, she's like, they, everybody has like a normal name. It's not like 50 different syllables. And I said, mom, that's the most racist thing you've ever said. Don't ever repeat that. Don't ever, ever, ever repeat that. And I'm going to tell you why. And, and as she, and she's like, oh, okay, whatever. And I never, and I brought that back up and she totally forgot about it. And this goes to the ancestry thing. And I said, mom, now with all this talk of like, you get to look at your past and be like, oh, we're not actually Irish like I thought. We're actually English. And look at all my relatives here. I said, I said, but black people's family tree just hits a brick wall because they were stolen. Mm. And now do you understand why somebody would have a 30 syllable name trying to reclaim something, anything? And she goes, yeah. I said, that's why Ghana has the right of return now because for a lot of people in the African diaspora, that's as good as you're going to get. You're mm-hmm. not going to be able to go back any further. And, you know, it's like, because your, your people were stolen and brought through that slave port. But it's like, that's why, you know, that's that's why black people have to, like, grasp onto anything, because everything has been taken from you. So any little bit, you, you're just holding on to, you know. Uh, if, if, it's, if it's, you know, naming your, naming your kid... Sha- uh, Shaquille instead of Sean. That that's that's what you got. That's all you got. I was like, Mom, that's why you know you go to. I said, Mom, you go. You know, we go to our family reunion. You know, we go to the we go to the Drailing Murphy family reunion, and it's nice. We have a little time or whatever. I said, go go to Black family reunion. They got custom T shirts. They go, oh, yeah. hard, you know, they go hard. I said, because that's all they got. All they got is the people that they can bring out to this park on that day. And they don't know nothing else. And she's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, I never thought about it like that. So it's just bringing stuff up to people in good faith. You might not even be the one to do it. Um, you know, you might, somebody might reject your good faith attempt and then it'll be a seed that's planted in them for later. But, oh, but I don't also, if somebody's trying to, get one over on you. I just want to be very clear, like pull out your phone and, 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 and clown them like for sure. Somebody's trying to call the cops on you for having a barbecue. Like no, pull out your phone and, 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 and make this person look stupid. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying if, if it's a, their best, the point is not to embarrass them. It's to bring them along, right? right. To bring yes. them along to where you and want. I know that's a very like DSA thing of like, Oh, we, 
call people in. We don't call them out. You can do both. You yeah. just have to. You just have to save your ammunition for the people that's actually worth it, calling out, and then it'll be better for your mental health too. Yeah, that's true. That's all I had to say. And you won't always be like on guard. I mean, like, like potentially, like if you. I, I've like kind of like settled into a position, and this is very easy for me to say, I guess. But like, I, I'm, I'm I'm very very like serious about this from the perspective of if you are like trying to genuinely change somebody's mind, if you're genuinely trying to get somebody to come along and do what you want to do um, and, and be on your side, first, they have to be, a, they have to want to be a part of that. They need to want to do that one. And two, just this sort of general orientation mm-hmm. you have to be in like, people get mad about this, but you have to be normal about it. You have to. And when I say normal, I don't mean like, normal is like in an ableist or whatever way like you don't mean you don't you're excluding people with autism or whatever that no 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 like people with autism are normal trans people are normal every single type of person is normal but the thing is that the you need to what essentially i mean by that is you need to engage with people in terms that they will not be defensive of at least on the front end so that you can at least get them and and not everybody can do this but you need to get them to essentially listen to you so that they can be some kind of change in behavior and change in attitude and change in, and moving things going forward. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. Um, yeah. You just have to pick your battles. You you need, we need more nuance. We just, we need nuance. We're really bad at nuance as a, as political movement, as a society, we're really, and that's a lot of, a lot of stuff we do, like, you know, people rail. I, I don't know why this just popped in my head. Just, the weirdos that like rail at AOC, like she's supposed to sit in the in the house and just light a Molotov cocktail and throw it, and everything's <laughs> gonna be better. Like she's a politician. Like we know we're getting into. We didn't elect like we didn't elect a revolutionary. We elect a, a politician. Like, mm-hmm. but there comes a point too. Again, if you're actively not doing what you're supposed to do, you need to get you need to get thrashed. Like, right? It's nuance. Learn it. The word of the day is true simultaneously, right? Absolutely. 100%. Um, So let's just pause for station ID real quick. You're listening to WHIBLP New Orleans 12.3. This is Good Morning Comrade, goodmorningcomrade.com, Jeff and Robert. Um, You wanted to talk a little bit about something that happens because, well, you you brought up somebody who was uh, at the Olympics? Can you speak to me? You know, I'm a sports boy. Uh, of the of the show here, as I as I check the NHL playoff scores because I want to see how my Lightning are doing. Um, <laughs> they're up four one with three minutes left in the third. I think we got the the first win, so now we just do three. Game, game one. one. Yep, game one. Game one of a game four of four game series because the Lightning are going to sweep and be back to back Stanley Cup champions. Um, but no, so I'll, I'll just read this off the Guardian. So Glenn Barry, Gwen Barry. Uh, turns away from flag at U.S. Olympic trials and says she was set up. Now, she's a hammer throw lady. She, she throws the ball with the chain on it. Uh, it's pretty cool, actually. I like it a lot. Um, here we go. Um, apparently, she's like a, a protesty lady, which is cool. We, we always stand that. But uh, I'll read. The, I'm trying to read the uh, important parts. Olympic hammer thrower Gwen Berry says she was set up after turning away 
from the flag during a medal ceremony at the U.S. Olympic trials on Saturday night. The 31-year-old has a long uh, history of activism and raised her fist as the Star Spangled Banner ended when she won gold at the 2019 Pan American Games, something she, she said was a protest against injustice in the U.S. and the presidency of Donald Trump, as everyone should, because that anthem is garbage. Like the U.S. national anthem. Yeah, the national anthem. We don't. We leave the part about how we we subjugate slaves mm-hmm. uh, out from that. Yeah, that that thing needs to go yesterday. Um, but here's the deal. Um, she turned away uh, from the flag when the anthem was playing, but she says she didn't know that the anthem was going to be played then. And I'll I'll read this here. Barry believes it was no coincidence that she was front and center during the anthem. Unlike the Olympics, the anthem does not accompany medal ceremonies at the U.S. trials, but the hammer throwers received their awards just before the start of the evening session, which has been kicking off all week with a video rendition of the Star Spangled Banner played on the scoreboard. I feel like it was a setup. They did it on purpose, Barry said. The timing of the anthem, I was pissed, to be honest. And they said they were going to play it before we walked out. Then they played it when we were out there, Barry said. I don't really want to talk about the anthem because it's not important. The anthem doesn't speak for me. It never has. Now, here's the deal. I believe her 100%. Mm-hmm. And it's not because like I'm politi- politically aligned with her. It's because if you're going to make a political statement, why would you do it at the Olympic trials when nobody's watching? Right. Why would you do that? That doesn't make any sense. Um, like the IOC. Um, One of the most evil. Oh, absolutely. They're right up in there. Planet Earth. Yeah. The IOC is up there with like, I'm trying to think of like the worst sports organization. Like if I had to rank them, I would say, Olympic committee number one, because they ruin, they, it, they're like the Galactus of sports, uh, capitalism. They just consume up, up there too. Well, I was going to say, I was gonna get to them next. Um, they consume, they are the, uh, the Galvatron of, is that what Galvatron from the Transformers movie? Is Galvatron? Yeah. They're the Galvatron of, of, of sports capitalism. They just consume and leave bare, uh, and destroy whatever city they they land on every four years. Uh, they're going to do it to Tokyo, which I can't believe they're going through with these Olympics. Aaron and I were planning to go to that four years ago. Man, that seems like a lifetime ago. Yeah, the um, um, you're talking about the 2020 Olympics, which will be happening in 2021. I'm uh, talking about the Olympics that are happening like next month. Yeah, the start on yeah. 23rd of, of July. Yeah. I can't believe they're they're even doing this. But okay, whatever. I would say so they're the worst. I would say next would be FIFA, just they're so corrupt. Uh it's just like if the mafia ran organized soccer throughout the world. Mm-hmm. Um after that, I would say oh, it's a hard one. It's like three and four. I want to say UFC and then NFL. But all right. The difference between UFC and NFL is that NFL players get paid, and they have a union. Yeah, yeah. I would say the uh, UFC's worse because they just pay. They pay nothing. Mm. They pay nothing. There's no. There, there's no organized labor. Nothing. The NFL's awful, racist, terrible. It'll leave you. You know, they don't want to take care of their players after they bash their brains in, but at least they have a union. So I'd say they're they're the fourth. Um, 
Mike that, Ditka, who is like an absolute chud, was a part of a, a lawsuit to get players like concussion. Like really, I didn't know that. after their careers. Mike Ditka, I did not know that. Yeah, basketball is surprisingly good because I feel like the NBA is afraid of its employees, uh-huh. which is I mean it's not great. When I say good, I don't mean great. I, I feel like NBA players give their power away just like they did last last season when they decided to walk out and then they're just like, well, I guess we're done with that. Like that was stupid. They should have advocated for real change. They could have gotten it too. Um, But yeah, but so back to Gwen here, I don't, yeah, she totally, why would you not wait for the Olympics to do some kind of a protest? And and the IOC specifically bans demonstrations. Uh And I don't, we were talking about this offline. I feel like it's hilarious that they do that because there's really nothing. I mean, let, let's be frank. Like if you're just one of those people, it's like, I do archery at the Olympics and nobody knows who I am. Like, you're not going to do a protest because you could like be in the Olympics. You like want to do it. But if you're, and if you're like one of those athletes, like, Oh, I'm Michael Phelps. And I'm like a once in a generation athlete who I could be at the Olympics three, four times uh, and win multiple golds. Like why? Like I'm not going to do that either. Cause I want to, I want to, you know, rock this thing as hard as I can. But if you're one of those sports where you're like, you win gold and you know that you won gold, you won any medal and you know, you're not coming back in four years. Like, why would you not do a protest? Like you, you would definitely do one because what, what, what's the IFC going to do to you? Let's say you win gold at the Olympics and let's say Gwen Berry goes to, you know, for hammer throw, she goes to Tokyo and wins the gold medal and she does a protest on the podium or gets in front of a mic and has choice words for the American government. What is she, what, what's the IFC going to do? Strip her of her medal? Well, she's already like the strongest. She already threw the ball, the metal ball, the furthest. You can't undo that. She's the best. I'm just saying not necessarily her, anybody who's the best, you know, what, what are they going to do? Asterisk you, strip you of your medal, and then give it to the second place person. You think that second place or third place or whatever athlete's going to take that medal? Well, they know, know right? Yeah. They, they know like, no, I didn't win this. Like that person was the best. We have video and photographic evidence of them being the best. The medal is, is irrelevant. The medal is nothing. Who cares? So what's the IOC going to do? Like, there's nothing they can do. And uh, we were talking about, that's why I think reactionary chuds get really, really upset at activist athletes because they are truly the uncancelable. Um, <laughs> I mean, they canceled they canceled uh, Colin Kaepernick to a degree, but okay, as much... Well, the, league, see, the league, the NFL canceled. Here's what I'm talking Kaepernick. about nuance. Here's nuance again. Uh-huh. Con, Con Kaepernick was a good NFL quarterback. Right. He wasn't, he wasn't like a generational talent though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so he could be replaced with like another decent quarterback, which there aren't too many. I understand like quarterbacks after like the top 10 quarterbacks, they really drop off. If you've ever done a fantasy draft, you'll understand this. If you can't get, if you can't get the first three quarterbacks in your fantasy league, then just forget about it and just get a game manager, but whatever. That's not the point. I don't want to get too. Not gonna kill you. Um, but if you take a, you know, 
a LeBron. You take a generational talent. You can't cancel this person. You can't you can't be replaced. So they they literally have carte blanche to say whatever they they feel it is they need to say. And I think that's what really upsets because they want this woman. I mean, they want this woman, Gwen Berry, canceled. They want her. Oh, what a surprise. The 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 people who rail the most. Dang, the lightning scored again at the end. Five to one. <laughs> they're nasty. They're mad that they they're mad that they went to game seven against the Islanders. They're mad, still mad about it. But um the, the thing is, all these right wingers who swear that they hate cancel culture want Gwen Berry canceled. And they might get it. They might get it. But if you're a, a again, a generational talent, there's nothing they can do to you. Mm-hmm. Just do do what you do, you know? And, Think and how it, long. Works against, it works against their worldview of, like, their worldview of, like, they're the best. They should be the best. And they should Absolutely. have all the things that come along with being the best. And, like, they're trying to do the thing where they're like actually um we they're not the best because they're like morally weak or something like that because of their like they've set up the system to where they want to worship gladiators but then they're not prepared when the gladiator turns out to be spartacus Mm um you know the sports bore everybody but like you know he's not even political but like chad johnson you know bengals going back to cincinnati it all goes full circle (laughs) bengals wide receiver when he was on top of his game he get away with anything. He was doing all kinds of stupid stuff. Just stupid. Like, but like, what can you do? What are you gonna do? Bench the guy? Mm-hmm. There's not another Chad Johnson on the bench, or you be playing him. <laughs> so they're uncancelable. And again, that's you gotta get in where you fit in. I just if you're, if you're like a decent like receiver that can catch balls over the middle, like Keyshawn Johnson, but you're not elite, they can't do the same to you. Uh, Keyshawn, Keyshawn, nah, when Keyshawn when it was his well, Keyshawn Chad, Chad, Chad yeah. was taken out the Keyshawn playlist playbook. Keyshawn right, was wild. He, he was one of the players that got like it's literally being called Keyshawn. They just put him on the IRR. We don't want you on the team anymore. You remember that was when he was that was when he was past his peak though. Okay, when he was out there making Brad Johnson look like a Pro Bowl quarterback. <laughs> Nobody had anything to say. <laughs> yeah, it, he was making Brad Johnson look amazing. Make it, you know, they, they had nothing to say, but um, yeah. So I guess my my in in conclusion, all the gold medal Olympic athletes who listen to Good Morning Comrade on their way to Tokyo, but I hope you don't one. I hope you don't catch the Delta variant. Two, yeah, right. uh, please be political. Don't let anybody get your get your gold medal. Drop a deuce on it. Do what Muhammad Ali did and throw it in the river. And say what you gotta say, because then people, then people can literally not say, "Oh, well, you did a you did a thing, so you're not the fastest and the best anymore." Mm-hmm. It's irrelevant. Who cares? You'll actually be cooler. You'll be like Muhammad Ali without a medal. You'll be cooler. That would just make you cool. You'd be on like what's a cooler cereal than Wheaties? You won't be on Wheaties. You'll be on like Muslin, like cool, like hipster, mm-hmm. no metal. To be on uh, Honey Bunches Oats instead of Wheaties. <laughs> Wheaties are overrated. They don't even taste good. Nasty. It tastes like the box. I think they're made out of the same material. Yeah, eat the, the box, box instead. As the box. Like, you can get fiber from other cereals. I don't know why you would ever torture yourself 
It's just like, yeah, it's, it's like a way to self like torture. Yeah, it's just brand. It's just the grossest. There's our brand things that taste. They, okay. put the, they put the brand in branding, didn't it? It's nasty. I can't believe they got anybody to ever buy that. I want to Google that. Who eats Wheaties? Just to see what comes up. Who eats Wheaties? Like nobody. If you eat Wheaties, please contact us at Comrade Morning on Twitter. And please yeah. let us understand why we'll we get you some help. I need to I need to know. At least raisin brand has raisins in it, right? <laughs> yeah, it does. I think you can get Wheaties with raisins. Wheaties with raisins is just raisin brand. <laughs> I think you can though. Yeah, the amount of sugar you have to dump on that too. Mm-hmm. And it's a I, I don't know. It's not remember that old bit that um Belushi had and it was just like powdered little that's why I eat little powdered donuts and it was just like Jim Belushi like running around a track just being winded smoking cigarettes <laughs> no, I don't little, know little powdered donuts that's what we should name this this episode little powdered yeah. donuts there you go now I have to play it for you it's really good it's just Belushi just being winded hey Aaron hi you it's you are listening to WHIVLP New Orleans 102.3. This is Good Morning Comrade, goodmorningcomrade.com. Um, yeah, so um, yeah, so what else is going on, man? We, we, you were, um, went to the are millennials, kill, are millennials killing Wheaties? Are millennials killing Wheaties? What no, is that actually no. a thing? No, no, no. I saw an article from 2012 said, Is Wheaties dying a slow death? I mean, like, I bought one box because it had like Jordan on it or something. My my mom bought it for me, and that box. You were a Jordan guy. Uh, yeah, everybody was. You just had to be. Yeah, who else was there? Like Carl Malone. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you could be. Honestly, I wanted. Honestly, I wanted. Um, I didn't want. I wanted the Knicks to win when they had that series. Mm -hmm. And that weird like layup where Patrick Ewing like it went in and out. I was sad because I like the Knicks because they were like, you know, to reference my I'm wearing a Sonic the Hedgehog T-shirt. They were that 90s radical. Like uh-huh. Jordan was like the old hat. Like Jordan was like, oh, I, I wanted like the new upstarts when I was a kid. I liked um, I really liked um, John Starks. OK, it seemed like he was small and like wanted to fight everybody. I was all about that. But uh, I definitely became a Bulls fan when they got um, when they got Rodman. Rodman. Yeah, because I played. Me as a Rodman guy. Yeah, I mean, I was a um, when I was playing basketball in middle school. I was a um, I was a, a go- no God, I was a power forward, and um, like as a kid, just watching him made me understand like it was cool not to score. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like if you're Defense a kid. If you're a kid, yeah, if you're a kid playing basketball, like, what do you want to do? You want to score. So it's like, pass me the ball, I'm going to score. It's like, no, you suck. Mm -hmm. And then a guy comes along that goes like, I'm strong and I'm fast and I can jump and I can just put a, I can just lean my body on you. And that's cool. I'm like, yeah, I'm a big kid. I can get a rebound. Yeah, I had the, I had the Rodman's, those ugly, his shoes are so ugly. It was mm-hmm. so ugly. I dyed my hair when I was what? little. Yeah, I had red. I had red on the top because I wanted to be like my boy. Uh huh. I thought he was so cool. Uh, remember when Rodman was on wrestling? 
Yeah, of course. That was like incredible too. Like it's just the idea that he would he would he would just like decide to go like hang out with like Hulk Hogan and like smoke cigars. Uh, yeah, smoke cigars. <laughs> he was a perfect fit though. And you know what made me mad about that? Let me tell you what made me mad. Now I was an older kid then, because I understood. You know, like I was a wrestling fan, uh, kind of out of the womb, and I understood how right. wrestling worked. It kind of made me mad that like when he would be booked with. It'd be like Hogan and him versus um, Triple H and Carl Malone. And then I was like, I was mad about that because I was like, oh, because I thought I thought Rodman actually like hated Carl Malone. And I yeah. was like, oh, man, because, you know, I was like, well, obviously, if they're on a rest, they're working it, they're working together. Well, here's one of the things, though, and and, and we're going to talk about wrestling, I guess, for the rest of the show. Like when there's some real like spice between guys and that that happens, right? Guys with some spice between them will work together like you can. You you don't be saying that's all the work. That's all the work. The Robin, the Robin who would kick a cameraman. Yeah, that's true. We're talking about the Robin who would like who who got married to Carmen Electra and like wore a dress at his own wedding. You talking about that guy? You so talking about that guy? Rodman who hang, hung out with, with Kim Jong-un? You talking about that guy? That's pretty wild. But let me just let me, the, the, the wedding dress thing. I mean, Ricky Williams did a wedding dress. They tried to like turn yeah. him into a uh they tried to turn him into a Robin when he was like completely and utterly like just a low key, like a like a pretty chill dude. Like Ricky Williams, we could like get into the Ricky Williams thing. Ricky like, Will- obviously Ricky Obviously, Ricky Williams walked. So, um, yeah. So he, wa- he walked. So thinking uh, about the NFL being bad, they put one on him like real bad. Like when he when he walked away, they like basically said, "No, you need to come play football. Otherwise, you're gonna owe all kinds of money to the Dolphins." I say Ricky Ricky Williams walked so Marshawn Lynch could run. Yeah, like that was just that's his that's that's Marshawn's daddy right there. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, it's like the same. This is the same mindset. But Marshawn Marshawn Lynch is, I would say, uh, Marshawn Lynch is this generation's Rodman. We don't have guys like that anymore, mm-hmm. who are just like, I do what I want to do, like whatever. But Marshawn Lynch is like the closest to that, like mm-hmm. the coolest guy. Like get ejected from the game and then just show up in the stands. <laughs> like he's Raven. Ride the yeah, like ride the he ride he ride the uh, the the Bart train, uh-huh. the subway home, because he knew he he had like so much like so many friends with my hand quotes uh-huh. in Oakland that nobody was gonna mess with him, and he's right. He's like <laughs> a guy who could just be on the street, yeah, because he grew up in Oaktown. <laughs> yeah, like oh yeah, like that guy was. And then you got, you know, who did it the wrong way was like Pac-Man. I, I was like Pac-Man Jones. I had to tell you my Pac-Man story where we were at the we were at the club in Cincinnati and watched Pac-Man got beat up, get beat up by oh, the cops. No. What happened? That's wild, dude. He was tripping. He was right, he was first talk about first talk about how Pac-Man what he did wrong and then and then we get in the story. He uh Pac-Man Jones well, was he was acting a fool. He was drunk. We were at some bar. We were like, I was like 23. We got uh, we got bottle service. Uh-huh. It was actually like him and like a couple other cats were there. I don't even know who they were, but he was icy. Right was in Cincinnati? Yeah, in Cincinnati. He got bottle service uh, next to us or whatever. It was like two people down in the low VIP area. But everybody's like, oh, it's Pac-Man, it's Pac-Man. I don't know what happened. 
All I know is he threw a whole bottle of Ciroc. No, it wasn't Ciroc. It was uh, it was um, Moet at the bar. Champagne. So they call the cops. Cops show up and like you gotta go. He took a swing at a cop and they whooped Uh-oh. his ass. Uh oh. <laughs> Cincinnati cops whooped his ass. <laughs> yeah. We were like, God damn. Thanks. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened. I'm sorry for cussing. Edit this. Yeah, I got I got a lot of editing in it. My, my bad, my bad, my dude. But yeah, um, but yeah, that's the story of uh, Pac-Man Jones in Cincinnati um, being drunk. And uh, yeah, Cincinnati. It's it's not even once. No, I actually I actually really like Cincinnati mm-hmm. a lot. It was nice getting out of New Orleans and like seeing trees and hills and um there's a lot of things i miss um like trees and hills mm-hmm. i don't know i, I i'd like to i'm gonna go up there for christmas this year i want to see if i uh as an adult who's gonna be like driving around in the winter mm-hmm. how it would feel yeah, but, do it. yeah i mean i used to do it all the time like i was a good labor story so um I worked for Citibank and I sold mortgages. I used to, I used to have like a 35, 40 minute commute. It was in Kentucky. Right. Mm-hmm. So I went to the, like, it was a call center. People would call up, be like, Hey, can I get refied? I'm like, let me look. No, um, you can't. And, um, so anyway, it's coming down. The snow's coming down real nice. The, the state of Ohio, City of Cincinnati and the city of Florence, that's where it's in Florence, Kentucky, have both said this is a snow emergency, We're shutting down the road, right? I'm like, hey, y'all, I'm out. I'm leaving. I'm clogging out. They're like, oh, no, you got to be on the phone. You got to stay on the phone. Like, what do you mean? I'm like, bruh, take that up with the mayor. I don't know what to tell you. I'm not getting stuck here. So I just clock out and go. Come to find out, so it comes out. It's like a mini blizzard or whatever. We're snowed in the next day. I don't even go to work like the next day. Tell me why? Because these jokers wanted to were so afraid to leave, whatever. With a legit citywide, countywide emergency. Tell me why they were snowed in at the job. Tell me why they had to have people sleep at the job. Mm-hmm. Tell me why they came in the next day, funky, no shower, working at. Unbelievable, bro. I mean, like he was like a unbelievable, unbelievable. I like it was like a big, like you know, call center sweatshop. Um, so it's like a lot of room in there, but like people had to like stay at work, and you know they didn't get paid for that time. Yeah. Um, well, again, like um see similar things to that happen here. Um, when it comes to like a a a storm evacuation sort of situation, Mm -hmm. like I played tables at like like pretty pretty uh gosh um at like restaurants that have been pretty busy and like when hurricane times like roll around and you start telling them like hey we're trying to get out of here like this thing's coming straight for us or whatever um and they're just sort of like hold on a second let's just talk about this let's try oh my god like when you know 
my wife and my family and like i gotta figure out what to do with all these cats you know like like how i gotta figure this out, sort of situation out in case we end up like my house did for katrina right like <laughs> i don't want to i don't want to be in that situation so i'm not coming in and they give you I, some crap. I just i i swear this this i always tell people all the time I, I got my all my leftism before I all my leftist praxis comes from the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. Like this is my 9-11 story. Let me tell you about 9 So same thing happened in 9-11. So morning of 9-11, it's it's September 11, 2001, or whatever, right? 2001. And our um our staff sergeant, my staff sergeant, he sits us in a meeting. He's like, Oh, he's like, Y'all gonna start working on your I'm not gonna let y'all be trash marines. Says y'all are going to be going to corporal and sergeant's course. Y'all are going to be doing your uh, what was it MCI? It's like correspondence course. He's like, you're going to do every single training that's out there. He's like, I don't need you in this office. I need you to be a better marine. Blah 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 blah. He's telling the whole. He's telling everybody in our in our shop this, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. So I'm on my computer, and I get a ding on my computer. It's like a CNN news update. It's like, oh, plane hit the towers. And I'm like, what a weirdo. Like, I'm thinking it's like a Cessna or something. Five minutes later, another one, ding. I was like, that's weird. Another plane hit the World Trade Center. I look up, everybody's in the in our lounge area, like watching CNN. So, watching the towers go down, whatever. And and I'm immediately, I'm like, oh, that's Osama Bin Laden. And they're like, Osama who? And I'm like, Y'all don't, we're in the Marine Corps. We kill people for a living. Y'all don't know who these people are. Like, watch them see, watch them, some PBS frontline. I don't, the guy that tried to blow up the World Trade Center before. You know what I mean? Oh, okay, whatever. So, the CEO of the whole base within like 20 minutes. CEOs? No, CO. Commanding commanding officer. I was about to say, did you say that they have military CEOs? Get out of here. So uh, the whole base has this out there like 20 minutes after it goes, look, y'all, this is, this is wild. Um, I talked to him or his quarters, Marine Corps, like obviously if whatever pops off, you're here in Pensacola, y'all aren't going to deploy. Uh, if, if we go to do something, you already know that. So take that off the table, get that out of your mind. He goes, um, secondly, nobody's going to get any work done today. He's like, just, Everybody go home. Just just come to formation tomorrow. Zero. He's like, if you got uh if you've got uh physical training tomorrow, um, corporals and sergeants, um, cancel that. I wanna, you know, I want I want a formation here at zero seven hundred, uh, and then I'll go over anything I've learned. So okay. Staff sergeant goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. So after this the the formation, he's like, staff our staff sergeant's like Hey, come here, come here, come here. He's like, oh, I want y'all to go by your desk and make sure your inboxes and you got anything you're working on, wrap that. I make sure you have, and, and literally by a man, everybody just said, Bye. just like, man, <laughs> man, get out of here. Go take it up with this. Go, go tell the CEO I, 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 I was insubordinate. I'm leaving. You know, everybody's just like, no, I mean, like, no, I mean, we're not doing it. We're leaving. If the, if the command officer told you that, but yeah, 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 we're like, we're going home. Like, no, we're not. We're, I don't care about this paperwork right now. Cause I was an admin guy. It's like, yeah. nobody cares about this, but that's my nine 11 slash. Like, no, like we're going home. 
like kind of labor sticking together story. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's some solidarity. Uh, we got to get out of here. But uh, yeah, thank you so everybody, to everybody for listening. Uh, this has been Good Morning Comrade. You can get more information about our show, goodmorningcomrade.com. Uh, you can check me out uh, streaming on twitch.tv slash goodmorningcomraderadio uh, every morning at 8 o'clock as well. Um, and yeah, uh, keep an eye out on that channel. If you, you know, we welcome you to watch some more um, potential video game streams and things we have going forward. Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna like set a time for it. I think I'm yeah, just gonna just, just just I'm just gonna turn it on and whoever shows up shows up. It'll be on YouTube. Sure. But I want to stream that game. Cool. Well, uh, you are listening to WHIVLP New Orleans. Thank you. We love you. Goodbye. Bye. I look like Dave Grohl. <laughs> who's, who's Wilms? <laughs> Wilms, do I look like Dave Grohl? Ooh, what? Oh, we have, I always forget to hit the comments. Kim, my wife's saying, like, say thank you from the back. I'm like, all right. That's funny. I know who Dave Grohl is. <laughs> you gonna play tonight? You gonna play Revengers tonight or not? Nah? I don't know. You're gonna I'd rather I'd, I'd rather play it and have you watch. Like well, I can, um well but you're I, gonna, you gotta edit. It's already like ten o'clock, man. Yeah. Well if you wanna put yeah, wait. All right, we can uh figure that out then. Yeah, I, I'll have more time tomorrow because I'm not going to the gym. I'm not like my plans for tomorrow are just to pick up the house a little bit and that's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, play tomorrow. I'll play tomorrow's today. not my gym day. During the day or day. Or hey, wait, you're not working tomorrow? No, no, no. I said tomorrow is not my gym day, so I'll be home. Oh, home so at, you are working. I'll be home at like five. Instead Damn. of being home at like seven. Damn, I was like, if you're not working, you should hop on the uh no, I can't be taking all the time off. Yeah. Um well, all right, man. All right. I'll We're see gonna you wrap it up. We have Twitch viewers. We have one Twitch viewer. Oh, that's so um, nice. Yeah, we need to get more Twitch viewers. Big shout out to all the Patreons. Yeah, uh, well, we can we can go through them uh, in just a second. <laughs> Great. You can support the show by going to patreon.com slash good morning comrade. I figured out I talked to Janelle Jolly. She said I should, if I uh, do the nail if I do the nails on stream, I should do silver. What do all you right. think? Sounds great. Well, if we once we get to our um, twenty five subscribers, we can do that. Uh, you like Ty Judy, Michael H, Dan O, Jonathan H, Timothy C, Dragon Slayer nineteen, Andy L, Gary W, Rachel K, Kenneth F, Adam R, Trey M, Watermelon Pickle, and Pen- Penelope D. Go to patreon.com slash Good Morning Comrade and subscribe. Uh, smash the follow button if you're on Twitch. Smash the subscribe button if you're on Facebook. And smash that notification bell. Uh, all right, folks. Love you, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.